Thank you for joining me today. I'm Jerry Savelle, and I believe, praise God, if you will give me the next few moments, we'll share some things with you from the Word of God that will inspire your faith. You know, if you've been going through some tests and trials, some adversities, some challenges, then I believe that we have a word for you today. That word is simply this, don't quit, don't give up. God has not overlooked your faith. If you stay in faith, it's just a matter of time, your circumstances are going to change. That's the promise from God's Word. I want to read to you Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, there are many scriptures that talk about not fainting, not giving up, not quitting. That's one of the things that Satan endeavors to do. He tries to talk people into quitting. But I'm here to talk you into winning, praise God. So I want to encourage you to stand your ground. Don't give up. Just because the devil says there's no way, that's not the truth. Jesus is the way, and if you'll keep standing on the Word of God, He will show up in your behalf. Now today, I'm very happy and very pleased to share with you one of the messages that I preached in the recent uh, Southwest Believers Convention sponsored by Kenneth Copeland Ministries right here in Fort Worth. Powerful meeting, and I believe the anointing of God has been captured on these broadcasts, and so I counted a joy to be able to share them with you. I know not all of you were able to attend, but praise God, you're going to hear some things today that I believe is going to encourage you, energize your faith, and talk you into winning. Here it is. The lesson I'm sharing is called Don't Quit. I want to talk to you this week about conquering the temptation to quit. Conquering the temptation to quit. Thomas Edison once said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. I'm going to read it again. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Billy Graham felt like quitting after he preached his very first sermon. He had four sermons prepared, and he was so nervous that he preached all four of them in under 10 minutes. <laughs> Can you imagine what the world would have missed out on if Brother Graham had said, you know, I just don't think I'm cut out for this. George Foreman, the former two-time heavyweight champion of the world, once said, I know from experience that you should never get up, give up, no matter what. I'll say it again. I know from experience that you should never give up, no matter what. But my favorite quotes are found from the Bible. Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. You might get knocked down by the enemy, but it's not over. God will never say it's over until you win. Hallelujah. So if you get knocked down, get up. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, 16, a righteous man falleth seven times, but riseth again. All you got to do to beat the devil, if you get knocked down seven times, get up eight. Amen. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Never quit. Look at your neighbor and say, never give up. Never give up. And never quit. Never, quit. 
Mark chapter 9, verse 23, all things are possible to him that believeth. How many things? All, all things are possible to him that believeth. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, the New International Version. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So this tells us that you can do whatever you set your faith to do. I'll say it again. You can do whatever you set your faith to do. Life is full of twists and turns, and it's easy to become weary and finally come to the place where you're no longer willing to keep on keeping on. Quitting's easy. That's why so many people do it. Amen. There's a lot of people that used to come to these conventions. They quit. A lot of preachers I used to preach for, they quit. Amen. Quitting's easy. A lot of people do it. But you're not one of them. Look at your neighbor and say, I am not one of them. Say, quitting is not an option for me. If I could only say one thing this week, thank God I have the privilege of saying several things, but if I could only say one thing to you this week, I, this would be it. Don't ever quit. Amen. Tell somebody, don't ever quit. If you give up, then you will never know what you could have accomplished. Always keep in the forefront of your mind that all things are possible to them that believe. Are you a believer? Yes. Then persevere. Are you a believer? Yes. Then don't look back. Are you a believer? Yes. Then make the quality decision that quitting is no longer an option and that failure is unacceptable. Years ago, I was preaching in uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas. I was preaching out in a pasture and uh, they had built a, a makeshift platform and uh, people were sitting out in lawn chairs out on the pasture. In fact, while I was preaching, a cow walked between me and the congregation. <laughs> At the invitation, a German shepherd came up, praise God. And I prayed him through, praise God. He's going to heaven, hallelujah. And uh, you know, this was uh, the setting I'm talking about. And before they turned it over to me, they, they had a, a, a small group, uh, a band that was singing. And uh, the praise and worship team were on this makeshift platform. It was about three feet off the ground, three or four feet. And they put the drummer uh, on the ground over beside the platform. And so there wasn't enough room to put the drums and everything else up there. They turned it over to me and I started preaching. And uh, I got so excited I wasn't sure if I'd ever have the opportunity to preach a second time. So I preached everything I knew, Kenneth Copeland knew, Kenneth Hagin knew, or Roberts knew, and T.L. Osborne knew, all in one sermon. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm running back and forth across that platform. And I got too close to the edge, and I fell off into the bass drum. My bottom is in the bass drum. My arms and legs are sticking out. Everybody got up to see where I went. I'm off in the corner, sitting in the pace drum. And I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, get up quick, do it now. Don't ask any more questions. I said, but Lord, I fell in the bass drum. He said, do a Micah 7-8, when I fall, I shall arise. 
I said, well, what did I tell the people? He said, don't even mention the fall. Just get up, take up where you left off. Just act like this way you preach all the time. <laughs> so I got up, got back on the platform and just took off where I left off and, uh, you know, had a great service. But at the end of the service, there was a lady who came up to me and said, Brother Jerry, how come you to fall off the platform? I said, it was an accident. I said, but did you see that recovery? Wasn't that a nice recovery? She said, do you fall often? I said, no. Did you see the recovery? She said, is there something wrong with you? Do you need prayer? I said, lady, I don't want to talk about the fall. Did you see the getting up? A lot of people spend their whole lives talking about the fall. I fail. We fail. Don't talk about the fall. Talk about the getting up. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? You know, if you walk out of this building today over back to your hotel and you trip and fall on the curb, what are you going to do? If I did that, I would get up so quick and hope to God you didn't see me fall. You don't just lay there for the rest of your life. You know, if I fell out there on the way back to the hotel and somebody came by and said, Brother Jerry, are you all right? Well, I think I am. Well, would you like me to help you up? Oh, no, you don't understand. I fell. Well, yes, we saw you fall, but you said you're all right. Let me help you up. Well, you know, God may be teaching me something down here. That's stupid. Look at your neighbor and say, that's stupid. No, when I fall, I shall arise. Hallelujah. Amen. Make failure unacceptable. I, I, I was preaching down in Jesse's church, and he said, told me, he said, you know, I'm going to be preaching about failure is not an option. And uh, I thought, boy, we're really connecting here. We're on the same way. So Jesse's going to be talking about failure is not an option, and I'm going to be talking about quitting is unacceptable. Hallelujah. Amen. Overcome the temptation to quit. Everybody has the temptation from time to time. You know, when I came to the Lord in 1969, I owned an automotive business. I was a paint and body man. I restored classic cars. My dad and I built hot rods and race cars. And uh, uh, when Kenneth Copeland came, 1969, he'd only been in the ministry two years when I first met him. And uh, I didn't want to go to the services. Carolyn went every service. He was there for a week. I didn't want to hear any more preaching. And uh, I knew I had the call of God on my life. And I knew if I got under conviction, I'd have to yield to it. And I didn't want to. And so I stayed out of churches most, most of the time. But Carolyn kept talking about Kenneth Copeland. And she'd been filled with the Holy Ghost since she was eight years old. She'd been going to full gospel churches ever since she was a little girl. And she would tell me every night when I'd come home from work, Jerry, I want you to go and listen to this Kenneth Copeland. She said, he's not like all the rest. And I said, well, Matt, what makes him different from all the rest? Because I thought all they wanted was my money and my chicken. You know, Carolyn, she fed all the preachers that came to town. If she didn't feed him, her mother did. And I, I, I got this idea in my head that all they wanted was our chicken and our money. 
And so I wasn't going because I, 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 I'd already heard all that I wanted to hear. And she kept saying, but he's not like the rest. I said, what makes him different? She said, I've been hearing the gospel preached all my life, but I have never heard it preached like this man does. And finally, she said this, if you will go tonight and you don't like him, I will never ask you to go to another service. I thought, now that's the deal I've been waiting for. <laughs> Do you promise if I don't like him, you'll never ask me to go again? She said, I promise I'll never ask you to go to another service if you don't like him. Well, I started not liking him before I ever went. Because <laughs> if I don't like him, I don't have to go again. And then I said, now who is this Kenneth Copeland you're so thrilled about? She said, well, he's from Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, he, he used to work with Oral Roberts. I said, well, I know who Kenneth Copeland is. She said, how would you know who Kenneth Copeland is? You don't go to church. I said, well, there was a Kenneth Copeland back in 1957 who had a hit record on the radio called Pledge of Love. She said, it's not the same man. <laughs> I said, well, why couldn't it be? She said, it's just not. He's not a rock and roll singer. I said, well, I didn't say he was a rock and roll singer now, but can't rock and roll singers get saved? She said, yes, but it's not him. So now I'm going for two reasons. Number one, if I don't like him, I'll never have to go again. Number two, I'd like to be right one time. <laughs> and I had determined I'm going to get up and ask him before I leave that meeting. Are you the same guy that had that hit record on the radio? And so Carolyn said, please don't embarrass me. I said, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to ask him before the service is over, before we leave. And so we went. And uh, there was a lot of guys sitting on the platform. I said, now, which one is this Kenneth Copeland? So she pointed him out. And then when they turned the service over to him, he began to preach the same message he preached this morning. Amen. Same scriptures, same message that he preached this morning in this service. Amen. Mark 11, 23 and 24. The word of faith, he called it. And so he started out preaching about the word of faith. And so far, I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, really into it. Uh, I'm just waiting for him to start begging for the offering. And then that's when I decide I don't like him. Then I get to leave and I never have to go again. But right in the middle of his sermon, he just said, I don't know why I'm saying this, but somebody needs to hear it. Back in 1957, I had a hit record on the radio <laughs> called The Pledge of Love. He said, but mama prayed me out of that rock and roll business, and, uh, and I'm preaching the gospel daily. I don't know why I said that, but somebody needed to hear it. And he had that right. I was the one who needed to hear that. When he said that, all of a sudden, he got my attention. And for the remaining 45 minutes, I heard the gospel like I'd never heard it before. And I couldn't run from my calling and I couldn't run from God. Not another day. Praise God. I surrendered my life the next morning, February the 11th, three o'clock in the morning. I surrendered my life to the gospel, to the, to the calling of God on my life. And praise God, I'm proud to say that out of Kenneth Copeland's 50 years, Jerry Savelle has been with him, 48 of them. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know what? 
He's still my favorite preacher, praise God. I told him after he finished this morning, I said, that's the message that changed my life. Amen. Changed my life. You know, and prior to that, prior to making that decision, quitting was a way of life for me. I was a quitter. I'd get under pressure and I'd look for the path of least resistance. You know, uh, after I graduated from high school in 1964, I was just going to go into the automotive business. My dad had taught me the trade, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work on cars. And my dad said, son, go to college. Get an education. This is a hard way to make a living. If you still feel the same way after you get an education, then you can come back and always work on cars. And so I went to college, not because I wanted to, but because my dad wanted me to. And uh, so I'd, I'd been an athlete growing up. I played baseball all my young life. And I, I was a, a, a left-hand pitcher, southpaw pitcher. And uh, even though my mic went out, I don't quit. <laughs> I, I played baseball all my young life, uh, all the way up to a farm league team. And uh, so I thought, well, if I'm going to go to college, I might as well go, you know, to play baseball. But when I got to college, I found out I had to take courses <laughs> that had nothing to do with throwing a baseball. And I hated them. Psychology, algebra, all kind of stupid courses that had nothing to do with throwing a baseball. <laughs> and so I remember my first day at Louisiana Tech, when I walked in my first class, the professor said, everybody look around at one another. So we looked at one another. He said, get a real close look at the person on your left and the person on your right. So we did, and I thought, what is this all about? And then he said, the reason I'm having you do that is before this semester is up, some of you will quit. My first day, he said, some of us will quit. And you know, two weeks before the first semester was up, he was right. I quit. <laughs> I drove my 57 Chevrolet back home, went to Holmes Pontiac where my dad was a body shop foreman. And my dad said, son, what are you doing home in the middle of the week? I said, dad, I quit. He said, you quit? Why'd you quit? I said, well, Dad, they want me to take courses that have nothing to do with throwing a baseball, and I don't want to do that. I just want to work on cars. Can you give me a job? Two weeks later, now this is 1964, September, you know, or October, somewhere along in there. The Vietnam War is on hot and heavy. Two weeks after I quit college, I got a letter in the mail. It started with greetings. <laughs> report to your nearest recruiting office. I showed them. I got back in college. <laughs> I didn't want to go to Vietnam. But I went to a different college where they didn't know my reputation as a quitter. And then Carolyn and I got married in 1966. And uh, I'm still going to college. And, you know, in about, mm, I think about, three semesters into this. Uh, I'm having to work during the day on cars and go to school at night. And, and uh, I finally decided that uh, 
man, this is, this is too much. And so I just went full-time working on automobiles. I went to work, first of all, my dad had moved over to the Buick dealership, and I went to work for my dad. He was the body shop foreman, and I went to work in the Buick dealership doing paint and body work. The Buick dealership supplied us with brown uniforms. Here it had Hullet Buick. Here it had Jerry. I was Jerry. But about six weeks later, I got up one morning for breakfast, and I had on a green uniform. Harder Lincoln Mercury? Jerry. I was Jerry. My wife said, didn't you have on a brown uniform yesterday? I said, yes. She said, well, what are you doing in that green uniform? I said, I quit yesterday. I now work for Harder Lincoln Mercury. About two months later, I came in with a blue uniform. Chevy <laughs> Land. Jerry. I was Jerry. She said, didn't you have on a green uniform last, yesterday? I said, yes. She said, why do you have on a blue uniform on today? I said, I quit. If they made me mad, I quit. They didn't do me right, I quit. I'm just looking for a way to quit all the time. Quit, quit, quit. That was my lifestyle. And finally, when I surrendered my life to the Lord, after Brother Copeland preached the word of faith to me, the first scripture I ever read, John says, if ye continue in my word, you will be my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And that little word continue jumped out of the Bible into my heart, and the Lord said, this is the missing ingredient in your life. You have always been a great starter but you've never been a great finisher. And if you don't develop the art of continuing, you will never be the minister I want you to be, the husband I want you to be, the father I want you to be. You have to settle it once and for all that quit from this day forward is no longer an option in your life. And I think it's very interesting that my theme has been for 48 years now. Isn't it amazing? God would take a quitter and make his theme, don't quit. <laughs> And I'm thrilled to be able to say to you that for 48 years now, quit has never been a part of my life or my existence, praise God. Amen. And I discovered that if you don't quit, praise God, you inherit the blessings. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Say this with me. Quitting is no longer an option. And failure is unacceptable. Now, I learned a long time ago when you're under the greatest pressure to quit, that's always an indication Satan just fired his best shot. If this one doesn't get you, he's finished and you win. Hallelujah. So if you're under great pressure to give up today, then that's a good indication Satan has just fired his best shot. You're almost there. Your breakthrough is on the horizon. Don't give up now. Don't quit now. What you've been believing for is about to come forth and manifest in the name of Jesus. And I think you ought to give God praise in advance. Hallelujah. Amen. Mark 4:28 says, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. After the seed has been planted in faith, what happens next? 
In the powerful four-CD teaching, The Law of Progression, Jerry Savelle outlines the spiritual law of progression and how to stay strong when you're not seeing instant or overnight results. You will learn about how the Word of God is an incorruptible seed we plant in our hearts and the cycle of growth for that seed outlined in Mark chapter 4. In his classic illustration on a seed planted in faith, Jerry Savelle shares how living a life of faith goes against the world's way of life, like paddling upstream in a canoe. Don't wait any longer. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request the powerful four-CD teaching, The Law of Progression. Get ready to laugh, learn, and live the blessed way that God has always intended for you to live. Call today. You know, I always love going to the Believers Convention. I've been going to these things since I was about 12 years old. And I'm 47. It's, it's amazing. Also, I love Jerry Savelle, as you see behind me. What an incredible, faithful man. You know, the Bible says the faithful person shall abound in the blessing. So, you know, watching him be so loyal to KCM over the years, it shows he's healthy, he's wealthy, he's wise. I promise you, the stuff that God has done for Jerry and Creflo and all these people, he's not a respecter of persons. He wants to do it for you. We just got to keep hearing more of the Word and coming to these meetings. It makes a big difference. That's how our life was changed, and I promise you, your life will be changed. One thing that sums up Jerry's ministry for me, and I love so much about his ministry, is favor. You know, I see the favor of God is so much upon his life and pretty much every day I believe God and I claim the favor of God but hearing Jerry and seeing the level of favor he experiences in his life has also made me um, created that awareness and uh, built up my faith in that area. Uh, the impact that he's made on my life is to really stretch my faith specifically to uh, believe for favor uh, and especially like this this year's message uh, the faithful shall flourish uh, and thrive in the courts of their God. That's just has blessed my life so much and impacted my life, my ministry, and the business that I work at. So it's been an awesome time, and I appreciate all that you guys do. Thank you. I've always enjoyed listening to Brother Jerry, especially about the favor of God and how it surrounds us like a shield and how the blessing of God is on upon our people. That's just so amazing, and it's impacted my life so much. Wasn't well, that a great testimony? Listen, I want to encourage you to send us your testimony. If this ministry has helped you gain a victory, it's caused you to overcome, it's caused you to experience a breakthrough, I want to hear about it. And from time to time, we'll have an opportunity to share them across the broadcast so that other people can be inspired and dare to stand on the Word and believe God for their breakthrough as well. Here's another one from Carolyn. I had been sowing into your aviation fund and believing God for a car. Praise God, I got it. Thank you so much for being an inspiration to me. We rejoice with you, Carolyn, and I thank God that He has come through for you just like He's done for me many, many times. There's other testimonies, but our time is short today, and I'll wait and share them on another broadcast. Let me also remind you once again that our special product offer is entitled The Law of Progression four CDs. Now, I taught this many years ago, but it's so relevant for today, and it talks about not quitting, not giving up. 
You know, uh, I, the Lord gave me an illustration many years ago about how living by faith is like going upstream in a canoe. This is one of our most requested series. People love the canoe story, and it's on this series, so I want to encourage you to place your order right now. We'll send it to you just as quickly as possible. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you again next week. And remember, your faith will overcome the world.